All right, guys, we're back for another episode. And this one's kind of special because this is my first solo episode. So I'm kind of excited about this. Who needs other people's opinions when we have our own? Ah, what a whirlwind this life is. So we're already almost halfway through January, which is so insane. I can't even believe it. Like, where did 2024 come from? How are we here? But, nevertheless, we are. And, you know, there's been a lot happening. So, I think we should just dive right into the top 10 stories. Welcome back to Gush, guys. We're here for another Monday of the top 10 stories of the week, and I'm excited to dive in and give you guys my thoughts. And then I did ask you guys on Instagram to submit some questions or things you wanted me to talk about. And let's just say I got some really um, interesting (laughs) inquiries. So you know what? We'll just dive into them and I'll show you guys (laughs) my opinions. I don't know. Uh if we care but another big celebration we hit 1000 streams of gush so i'm so proud of that i honestly just can't believe a thousand people have listened to (laughs) the podcast i mean i'm happy and i love it and i think it's amazing but it's just crazy i was looking through some of the analytics for the audio only uh, streaming service that I used and there are streams from all over the place people in Yemen people in Switzerland just all over so it's just so weird to think that all over the world people can and are listening so I appreciate all my Yemen fans (laughs) so um yeah so what else has been going on with me you know, just trying to get into the swing of things. 2024 is the year of self-growth, self-preservation, self-progress, and I am focused on all of those things. So I've been listening to a lot of podcasts, audiobooks. I'm just really in in the realm of keeping myself um, on a path of improvement, and I just want to keep growing and, yeah, just get everything out of life that I absolutely can. And so... Just trying to focus on myself and growth and building relationships and nurturing the relationships that I have and just practicing gratitude for everything that I have in this life. Um, I'm so beyond lucky to be able to do this and also just to live the life that I have. And so I just, I think gratitude is such an important thing to focus on. And so I really do try to practice it as much as possible, but Um, yeah, those daily reminders of just how fortunate all of us are, um, to live where we live and to have what we have and to, um, love who we get to love. So, um, I'm just excited for another year too of exploring where Gush can go and, um, yeah, I'm just excited. I feel like there's a lot coming down the pike and just, um, I'll be traveling a lot this year for work and, um, yeah, I'm just, I'm excited. I feel like there's a lot of opportunities happening and, um, yeah, it's exciting. So, uh, 
All right, let's just go ahead and jump into our first story this week. So Joe Coy calls Golden Globe crowd marshmallows in his first stand-up since show. Joe Coy is still reflecting on his poorly received Golden Globes hosting gig, calling the star-studded crowd a bunch of softies. This as he gets back to his regular routine. He immediately dove into the topic after arriving late due to bad weather. Joe Coy then went to trash the Globe's audience, which, by the way, were nothing but a bunch of celebrities and industry people, by saying this. Lots of marshmallows, man. They're delicious, but they're but goddamn, they're soft. I just come from a different time. I see the changes that are happening. I get it. But goddamn, can we effing laugh at ourselves? So obviously, if you own some sort of device that's connected to the World Wide Web, uh, you understand, uh, or you at least are somewhat knowledgeable on what's been happening since the Golden Globes. But, you know, I think there's a lot more fanfare around this than really is required. He made some bad jokes, and I don't mean bad as in like insensitive or um diabolical i feel like everyone's taking this way out of hand and yes having the ability to pan to the people um that the jokes are being made fun of and being able to like videotape them and see their reactions live i do think is just like it's interesting i i'm as a fan, I love, you know, as a, or like as a viewer, I love seeing it just because it's like, oh, how awkward. But it's just so funny to me that like everyone just is like, oh, these are like, these aren't good jokes. These are bad jokes, whatever. And it's just like, okay, like it didn't land. Like th- that's what I mean by a bad joke. Like it just didn't really land. And so if Taylor would have laughed at this joke, um, and granted, I don't think the Taylor joke was the only joke that was made throughout the night that wasn't getting any sort of um, response, a positive response. But I do believe that that is the mo- obviously the most headlined joke because we know Taylor gets clicks. But yeah, I just, to me, I think sometimes you get it, sometimes you don't. Sometimes you win the crowd over, sometimes you don't. I think there's been way more offensive jokes said by people like Ricky Gervais or other comics. I mean, he's really the only one I can think of that, like, off the top of my head, but he said some really out-of-pocket things that, granted, were true and I think are funny, but, like, people, I mean, people were clenching their you-know-whats whenever he would get on stage. So, I don't know. I think, to me, the jokes really just fell flat and didn't have any sort of... I don't know. It just was like, it was giving Matt energy. I mean, what else can be said? And I've just seen a lot of fodder online about how there are so many other jokes that could have been made about Taylor that would have been way more funny. And so I just think, yeah, challenge the challenge yourself to come up with better material and not the low hanging fruit. But I don't, you know, the thing is, is that's just what, how these award shows have been designed. They've been designed to hire a comedian or some sort of personality to make fun of everybody and crack jokes at them. And so I just kind of think, well, what did we expect? His jokes just weren't good. So I think that's really only the difference, but 
Um, in more Golden Globes news, it seems like there was lots going on at the Beverly Hilton, but Selena Gomez was absolutely not gossiping about Timothee Chalamet and Kylie Jenner at the Golden Globes. Despite rampant speculation, Selena Gomez was not gossiping about Timothy Chalamet and Kylie Jenner at the Golden Globes with her close friends Taylor Swift and Kelly Sperry, a Gomez source tells People exclusively. The only Murders in the Building star, 31, was seen seemingly spilling some tea to her pals in a now viral moment caught on camera but she was absolutely not referencing anything about timothy or kylie says the source while rumors spread on social media that jenner 26 stopped her boyfriend 28 from taking a photo with gomez at the event the source adds that gomez never even saw or spoke to them so i'm conflicted on this so obviously if you got caught in this situation like let's just say for argument's sake that it is true and that they <laughs> that she asked for a photo kylie said eh, not happening and you went over and said it and then it got caught i 100 percent would lie to the press and say that's not what happened no i didn't even see them so who actually knows whether or not this happened or not I don't know. I think with lip reading, you see those edits where people do lip reading and they do sound overs and it's completely different than what the person said, but it looks like they're saying it. So I'm just like, okay, let these people be. My God. I mean, obviously I love talking about pop culture and celebrities, but can they have a moment? My goodness. Like I can't imagine just having conversations with a wide wide eyed lens in my face, just like every person (laughs) dissecting the video and what words were being said and all of that. I just, it's so, it's too much, but yeah, I would absolutely not admit to it if that were the case. So hmm, I would lie. (laughs) Die with the lie. But why, in what motive would Kylie have to not let her take a photo with him? Like, one, I just don't think Kylie's like that. She just doesn't seem like that type of person who would be, what, would it be like a jealousy thing? I really just don't know what it would be that would cause, like, why would you say no? Unless she was asking, will you take a photo? Like, all three of us, could we take a photo? And Kylie is like, no, I don't want photos. So, but that's not wrong. I think it's up to the person, so... I stayed at the Beverly Hilton one time, or actually I used to stay there all the time. We used to have work conferences there for the company I used to work for. And so one time I was staying just a few rooms down from where Whitney Houston passed away, the room that she passed away in, and they just walled off the door. So it's just like they just walled it off. And so the room and the door and everything's just behind this wall. So bizarre. Which honestly, I don't know what you would do with it. I guess just not rent it out. But then people, you know, people would try to get in there get staff to let them in people are just so weird like i don't think there's anything wrong with like being interested in celebrity culture and what's going on it's fun it's interesting like i think we're like that in any capacity of our lives we like to know what other people are doing it's like the nosiness of it all but there's another level that's just like okay you're crossing a line let people live their lives you can see photos on instagram you can read tmz whatever but let these people live their lives like chill out um our next story kelly clarkson is applauded for kids social media ban kelly clarkson hit a home run with her decision to keep her kiddos off social media at least as far as a couple national parenting groups are concerned The singer recently revealed she banned instagram in her house and now some big name organizations are singing her praises 
The Momco International tells TMZ, We love that Kelly is making this bold decision for her kids and hopes it helps parents normalize letting kids be kids without the added pressure of a digital life while they're still learning how to navigate life in 3D. I think this is such a good thing. Honestly, if I had kids, I would probably try to keep them off social media as long as possible or just help develop a healthy relationship with it. As I move into 2024, I just think more and more about how you have got to have a balanced schedule and really focus on, okay, what does my day look like? Because I don't know about you guys, but even not even kids, like I'm a full grown adult and I spend way too much time on social media. Granted, it is a huge part of my job. You know, I do it for a living, but it's easy to just get so consumed with your phone or like right now I'm being recorded on devices and have an iPad and all that. It is hard to get disconnected in such a connected world, but I think it can start with the habits of having children, especially young children. And I can't even imagine all of my friends recently have had kids in the last couple years and just the amount of energy I've watched them expel becoming parents I one can't even imagine doing that on a day-to-day basis but I also just can't even imagine like not wanting to give the kid an iPad not wanting to turn the television on because not only do you have to make sure that they're taken care of and everything's situated all the time with them but then you need like five seconds for yourself so it is such an easy thing to just give a tablet give a device whatever but I think this conversation that Kelly's kind of bringing to the forefront is important because obviously she's doing it for reasons that are, um, you know, not most of our reasons why we would do it. She's, as a public figure, I'm sure it's hard to regulate what's coming through the devices. So then, especially with Kelly having such a public divorce and all of the negativity that's been surrounded that, it would be really hard to make sure your children stay safe from that. So I can't imagine that sort of censoring that you have to do as a parent so it is probably just easier to say nope no social media we're out of it but but yeah even as your kids get older and become teenagers and things I just would think regulation is so important and I've heard a lot of parents talk about how their fear is just they don't really understand a lot of the platforms that are being um, created or even like smartphones. They're getting so advanced for some people of a certain age, not myself. Um, just, you know, they don't even understand the control settings, the parental locks, all of those things. And so you have to become more educated than your children do. So that way you understand what they're using, how they're using it, and if they should be. So I think it's a, it is a good thing she should be applauded for. And I think on the other hand, I always think to parents that don't let their kids have devices or are so strict about no TV, no any of it, you're kind of also ostracizing your children in some sense, in my opinion, because you're, they have to be exposed to it, which, you know, it's, it's just a part of the world. Like we can't, we're not going backwards, hopefully not. And so you do have to make sure that they're literate and understand it enough because then culturally they can be a part of the conversations. But also, it's so interesting. I don't know. I keep skirting around this topic, but I just think about how people are like, you need to have a real life or you need to 
Like they just have such disdain a lot of the times when they talk about using technology or overuse of technology and, or just whenever you're talking about the future, as far as how integrated is it going to become with us? It's just so interesting when people think about like, how is that not living? Is it any less living? It just doesn't look like how you lived maybe 50 years ago, but there's a lot of things about 50 years ago I don't want my life to look like. So 50 years ago, I probably wouldn't even had rights. So I'm just like, what would, you know, I don't know. It's an interesting thing to think about. Just like, why is that any less of a life? Like if I spent all my time online and I'm connecting with people and building community and enjoying myself and having fun and all of the same brain chemicals are created from it why does it matter whether i'm like throwing a ball outside versus you know playing a game online i don't know it's weird we have this weird stigma towards being online isn't really living or it's somehow fake it's an interesting topic i don't know i don't really know honestly where i stand with it i'm happy i don't have to have kids right now to decide what they're allowed to see not see yeah that's it's a big conversation and i can't compute (laughs) so but yeah she's getting um praise from the parental community so we love it so our next story ariana grande's new single yes and talks about love life so ariana grande has been the focus of a lot of gossip as it pertains to her romantic relationships lately something she's tackled head-on in her new single in raunchy terms the pop star dropped her new single, Yes And, on Friday, and it's stirring up buzz for many reasons. But one of the biggest takeaway fans are noticing right away is the fact that she addresses all the scrutiny over her split with Dalton Gomez and her hookup with Ethan Slater. AG sings this during the bridge. My face is sitting. I don't need to, I don't need no disguise. Don't commit, oh my god, I can't talk. Don't comment on my body. Do not reply. Your business is yours and mine is mine. Why do you care so much whose dick I ride? Ooh. Saucy. Um, you know, okay. I feel like this is like horrible as a commentator on pop culture, but I just like don't really care about this. And it just seems like, I mean, I love Ariana. Like she's great. Don't really care about Ethan Slater. Don't know who Dalton Gomez is. I don't know. It's just if she wants to be with this kid, like why do who are we to judge? You know? It's like obviously she loves him and wants to be with him. And it is funny though this commentary about like why do you care? It's it's such a juxtaposition of like you put yourself online and you get great success from that and you gain followers, financial growth, notoriety fame all of these things from this but then when it doesn't serve you that's when you no longer want people to comment on it you're okay when they're commenting when it's good but when it's bad you're like why do you care well you want people to care when it's selling records or selling screen time you know whatever movie you're in or show but then when it's not serving you that's when you're like cut the (laughs) cut the feed so i don't know Hopefully it's worth it for her and Mr. Slater. 
Um, next story, the people that really, the only relationship any of us should care about. Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey leave Chiefs game holding hands after playoffs win. The couple were spotted holding hands as they left Arrowhead Stadium in Missouri on Saturday night after Kansas City Chiefs' 26-7 win against the Miami Dolphins in the NFL playoffs. In a clip posted on X, formerly known as Twitter, Swift and Kelsey, both 34, held hands and chatted with each other as they made their way out of the stadium, following behind Patrick and wife Brittany Mahomes. I mean, I don't really know what else is to be said. If you get it, you get it. If you don't, you don't. If you're here for Taylor, that's all we care about. If you're not here for Taylor, she'll fly. None of us care. You know, you just, like, none of us can really explain why Taylor Swift is everything to you if you don't get it by now then you're just not gonna get it so you know that's your prerogative but um yeah loving the love story loving everything about them don't know why anyone would go out into that negative like 30 degree wind chill to watch a football game but you know what she had a box so i digress Okay, our next story, Todd and Julie Chrisley received a million-dollar settlement in lawsuit alleging misconduct and investigation against them. Todd and Julie Chrisley have scored a legal victory amid their ongoing prison sentences for their involvement in a multi-million-dollar bank fraud and tax evasion scheme. A lawyer for the couple announced that they are receiving a $1 million settlement from the state of Georgia to resolve their 2019 federal lawsuit against Joshua Waits, the former director of special investigations of the state's Department of Revenue. We have been saying for months that the criminal case against the Chrisleys was highly unusual and had real problems, the family's attorney, Alex Little, said in a statement. This settlement is an encouraging sign. The statement continued, It is nearly unprecedented for one arm of the government to pay money to defendants when another arm is fighting to keep them in jail. So, love Todd and Julie Chrisley. Love Chrisley Knows Best. Such a great show. Hilarious. Entertaining. All about it. I'm here for it. My problem with this whole thing is, okay, they evaded taxes, right? And were being fraudulent. Do they need to be in jail? It just seems so pointless. Like, okay, we're giving them money back because the investigation was bad, but they owe money, but they're in jail. Like, the math just isn't mathing for me. Like, I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get it. Like, why are they there? Like, make them pay the money back. Like, if anything, we're spending more money to keep them in jail. And you probably have to keep them in some sort of, like, separate high security. I'm sure they're probably in some, like, easy peasy prison, whatever. But still, that costs money to run. That's taxpayer dollars. So not only did they evade taxes, now they're, I get it, they're being punished. That would fucking suck. But why are we spending more money to keep these people in jail? And then we're paying them money because we investigated them incorrectly. Like, what? This doesn't make any sense. I'm just like, okay, let's get them out of jail, make them work, and pay back that money, and pay more taxes, and then it's a win-win. That's what I think. So, let me know. What do you guys think? Are we Todd and are we Chrisley fans? Okay, next story. Not really pop culture, but mm, interesting. And somebody asked me about eating pets, which I don't even really know what that means. So. <laughs> But um, this story resonated with me based off of that submission. So um, dog meat is going to be removed from the menu in South Korea after country outlaws centuries old practice. 
The bill was passed on Tuesday, and it will prevent the breeding, farming, and selling of dogs for their meat, which has been in practice in the country for centuries. According to the BBC, the legislation will go into effect in 2027. Under the new law, consumption of dog meat will not be criminalized. Instead, the legislation focuses on the raising and selling of dogs as food. Under the new law, anyone found guilty of butchering dogs could face up to three years in prison, while those who breed dogs are or while those who breed dogs as food or sell dog meat could serve a maximum of two years or pay up to three million. Or pay up to 30 million won, which is about $22,800 in fines per NBC News. Okay, this story just, one, obviously somebody submitted eating pets. I don't really know why. Like, why would anyone do that? But, you know, we're not here for eating our pets. It is just so bizarre how you can just get used to anything. Like, I just, it's just anything. Like, you can be free and then imprison the next and you'll get used to that. It's just so nuts and like how, like on one hand, I think it's just so crazy that that's still happening in South Korea because it seems like they're such a progressive country. So it's like, why are you guys still eating dogs? That's so bizarre. But again, if, if it's deep rooted in culture and societal norms, it's just normal. Like how, why is eating a dog any less weird than eating a cow? Like we've just somehow in our heads equated cows as food. But a cow has just as many thoughts, just as many feelings, just as many nerves as a dog, like, or a pig, or whatever. But it's just so funny how we just are disgusted by dog meat when, well, what's the difference? It's a living being. Like, we've just categorized as pet. So pet here, food here, and we've somehow made that normal. It's so bizarre. Granted, I'm not... (laughs) I'm not rallying for dog meat to be on the menu at, you know, (laughs) Red Robin, but I just am saying it's just so weird that, you know, to them that's normal because it's what's always been done. So it's just like here, like factory farming is is insane. If you really look at just some of the things, like watch the documentary Dominion and then tell me like eating dogs is the problem. Our next story, Jennifer Lopez reacts to viral photos of husband Ben Affleck looking sad. He is good. He is happy, she said. When Lopez, 54, caught up with Entertainment Tonight at the 2024 Golden Globe Awards Sunday, she fielded a question about Affleck appearing sad in some photos of the couple. I don't know, Lopez said as she laughed at the question. Ben is doing all right. You don't need to worry about Ben. Let me just tell you, he is good. He is happy. He is here. He is nominated. Okay, two... (laughs) The the, uh, journalist's defense, he does not look happy in any photos he takes. So he just kind of has that suffering (laughs) sort of war-torn look to his face. I don't know what that is. He just looks like he's lived a thousand lives. but And she always looks so happy. So I don't know. He seems to... Just what he said in the press about being a public figure. He doesn't really like being famous. But again, this is another one where it's like, okay, you like being famous if it benefits you, but then you don't like fame when people are taking photos of you and being like, why do you look sad? Or you just don't like the photos being taken of you. But if you want to sell a movie or like you want the attention when it serves you. And I think we're all probably like that in some degree, but I don't know. It's such a hard thing. Because I also don't subscribe to the beliefs of, like, fame. Just because you're famous where there's no rules and there's no, like, societal kind of 
etiquette that you should follow. We should definitely still respect boundaries and things like that. But I don't know. Just anytime someone complains about fame, I, it's hard to not just be like, oh, okay, champagne problems. Um, our next story, Lisa Bonet, files for divorce from Jason Momoa two years after announcing breakup. The pair who was married in October of 2017 revealed in a joint statement shared in January 2022 that they were separating. According to court documents obtained by People, Bonet has now filed for a dissolution of marriage, listing their date of separation as October 7th of 2020. She cited an irreconcilable differences. Bonet, 56, and the Aquaman actor, 44, share two kids, daughter Lola, 16, and son Nikoya Wolf, 15. Bonet is also the mom to actress Zoe Kravitz with ex-husband Lenny Kravitz. When announcing their split two years ago, Bonet and Momoa said in a statement, We have all felt the squeeze and changes of these transformational times. A revolution is unfolding and our family is of no exception. Feeling and growing from the seismic shifts occurring, and so we share our family news that we are parting ways in marriage. You know, this is just such a sad story because I have seen so many clips of Jason Momoa talking about Lisa Bonet and just how basically he was just so enamored by her as long as he can remember and just always had this kind of crush on her. And I just think there's something so romantic and sweet about that. And just, I want to believe that these lifelong loves can exist. And it's just like these, this was the couple that was supposed to make it like they were supposed to be above like those small world problems that we all have. And yeah, I just, I don't know. It's so sad. Like, you just think you go through all of those things together. Kids and building a life and just what is it that, how do you hold on? Like, what is it that keeps you going in it? And and then there's like that side of it too, where you can't, you can only control yourself. You can't control anybody else, like, nor should you want to. But I mean that in the sense of like, you can't, control whether someone wakes up one day and just says like, oh, I don't want this anymore. Like I've done all this with you. And I'm not saying that's what happened with them, but it happens all the time. And so it's just so crazy to think like you can do all this work and pour in all this work and then just, it can all evaporate. But I think that kind of goes back to the sentiment of what I was saying at the beginning is just, you have to pour within yourself and just you have to like be so committed to loving yourself so much that if you are able to love someone else it's it's like filling up your cup i'm filling up my own cup so much that i overflow and the overflow is what i give other people i'm not taking from my own reserves to love someone more than i love myself and it's not really like an ego or like a i'm just so in love with myself like i'm perfect it's not that it's like i'm giving myself what i need versus it's like putting on your mask in the airplane before you help somebody else like i have to get i have to breathe first before i can help you breathe and so i think a lot of that is that is that like a lot of it is that reason but then i also believe too that there's just this level of once you're a public figure like these two what everything you do is so elevated and like you it's hard enough to be with somebody and co-live with someone and agree on things and make the right decisions for each other and all of those things and you know stay interested and stay interesting and don't don't be boring but don't get bored and 
all, you know, just all of these hurdles that we have about being with someone, but then you add in the mix of like, well, I'm gone half of the year filming. I'm of the other half. I'm doing press. I'm doing photo shoots. I'm doing red carpets. You have to look perfect. You have to sound perfect. You have to show up all the time. You know, you're committed to all of these responsibilities. And so I think about even just no, like normal people, how we struggle with maintaining balance in our lives from like going to work, having hobbies, having a relationship, spending time with family, having friends, traveling, all those things just to balance it. And then you have these careers that are just larger than life, bigger than anyone's probably really meant to, you know, be doing in a 24 hour day. It's like you're exhausting yourself and then you're supposed to show up and be a great partner. So it isn't all that surprising when celebrity couples break up, but it just stinks, you know? You just want love to prosper. And in more breakup rumors, our last story, Tom Holland addresses Zendaya breakup rumors. Amid rumors the Spider-Man co-stars have broken up, Tom cleared the air saying the pair are absolutely not split up, as seen in a video obtained by TMZ. The actor, who still follows Zendaya on Instagram, was pictured in a green hoodie while walking to his car in Los Angeles. So thank God, <laughs> thank the Lord baby Jesus that Tom and Zendaya aren't <laughs> parting ways because I don't think any of us could handle it. It's just like, they're just such a cute couple and honestly at the top of my list of celebrity couples and so I'm here for it completely and I would be devastated to see these two uh, split up. But obviously everybody has to do what's right for them and again, talk about being two of the most famous you know, actor, actress combo in Hollywood and in the world and navigating a relationship. And I just think too about how specifically with Tom and Zendaya, they've really purposefully chosen to keep their relationship in the private, um, even though there's so much that is public, they've tried to remain private as much as possible. And I almost like, I just am so curious in exploring that topic because you see people like Taylor, who she had her relationship with Joe Alwyn and they kept it so private. And then now you see her with Travis and that's so public. And it's just, obviously some has, they both have pros and cons, but I'm just, I always wonder what, why like what's what's navigating it you know i and i do get it it's like anybody that's been through a breakup knows how hard it is to like get back on social media and look at all the photos and videos if you've posted of your partner or your husband or wife or whatever and then to be like do i take them down do i remove them do i leave them it's just it's such a weird thing because like we have this digital stamp of our life and so maybe some of it's that and just, you don't want the commentary. But I don't know, if I was, like, a, a very big A-list celebrity, I just wouldn't read, I would not read anything. It's like, I would have my team just filter through that stuff, and if there were things that I had to address, like, absolutely had to address it, then I would have them bring it to me, but I would just not even read anything, because talk about going down a bad hill. Okay, that was our final story, but I do have a couple topics that people submitted that wanted me to share my opinion, so we'll just dive right into this. This is our own little gusher shush. So um, somebody asked about being vegan. So the, for those of you that don't know, I was vegan for about five years, um, and then... Once I moved to the good old state of Texas, just kind of threw in the towel, sadly. But um, yeah, you know, I was just talking about this the other day about potentially getting back into it. 
the thing is, is I think a vegan diet is not for everybody. It is very, um, it's not strict. It's just, you have to be very intentional. And so just, you know, making sure you're prepared, going out, looking at menus and making sure there's options. And luckily the world is definitely getting more, um, vegetarian, vegan, plant-based friendly, all of those good things. But yeah, you just, I, I also wasn't so crazy about it. Like if I went to a restaurant and there was like a pasta dish or something and, you know, I wasn't going to like make all my friends go to these certain restaurants just because I chose a certain dietary lifestyle. So I, you know, I would sometimes probably get things that were, you know, I couldn't verify that they were vegan or vegetarian, but they were definitely vegetarian. And so I would always try to just live within that realm. But I also think like, I'm just not an extremist in life. I just don't, you know, I'm, I still am going to live my life. And so, but I do think it's, it's great to introduce in your life. Even if you do, a lot of people do meatless Mondays. That's really great. I think just as you can consume less meat, especially cause like eating meat all the time isn't great for your body anyways. So yeah, I think do it if you want to do it. It's great. Um, another thing, don't eat your pets eating pets. <laughs> We just watched this movie called Society of the Snow on Netflix. It's great. You guys should watch it. But it's about a real-life story of this plane that was going from Uruguay to Chile, I think. And they end up crashing in the Andy Mountains. And they have to survive out there. Like, they're literally all there is a snow and mountain. There's no trees. There's no water. There's no anything. And so they end up living in the, like, wreckage of the plane for 74 days or something. And they end up having to eat people and all this crazy shit. And we're just like, what would you do? Like, I just cannot imagine having to make those choices. Obviously, I've never been that hungry in my life that I have to consider that and I hope I never do but I just can't imagine being in that position and so you know the same with like a pet or whatever like if you were there with your dog or oh I just yeah hopefully I never have to make those decisions but they survived and ended up hiking I think the two guys are kind of fell asleep at the end but two guys or two or four guys ended up hiking out and getting help somehow but they had nothing I mean they had I don't even think they had like winter gear maybe a couple coats and the craziest thing is they never started fires either i'm like okay that would be the first thing i would do burn some of that freaking fuel engine or something or jet engine fuel um okay next thing favorite outfit accessories hmm i mean i'm such a big shoe guy i love shoes um so I would definitely say like a good sneaker, a good boot, um, a good cowboy boot. It's always a good staple. Um, hats. I mean, I'm all, usually always wearing hats. Today is the first. I got a haircut yesterday, so no hat today. But I'm trying to grow my hair out. But yeah, I'm always down for a good snapback, trucker hat, all those good things. Um, used to love watches. I used to be a big watch guy. Not really much anymore. But yeah. I love a good jacket too, like a cool, I just got a really cool leather jacket, um, kind of longer with like a Sherling, Sherling collar. So it's pretty cool, but yeah, no, I mean anything that's, I feel like fashion's so fun. You can change it up as much as you want. But like I, in my life, I've gone through so many different style evolutions, preppy, bow ties, 
Western, 90s, grungy, you know, I just, I'll do it all. Very feminine, very masculine. So I don't know. I'm just, just go with it. I like trends though, too. You know, I saw somebody sent me a TikTok the other night that was like, when you're, when you're like an influence, when you're influenced so easily, and it's, it was like a video of the Birkenstock Boston clogs, the Adidas Sambas, the New Balance. <laughs> I was like, oh God, this is really triggering me because that is so me. I love a good trend. Like, why not? They're cool. I want to be a cool kid. Um, tea or coffee, definitely a place for both in life. You need both. I usually stick to tea when I don't feel good. So I usually that's, but I do love tea. I mean, I'll drink tea anytime, but I, I find whenever I'm feeling sick, I'll go for tea more than coffee, but usually have coffee every single day. I prefer to make my own coffee, just classic pot of coffee, you know, not a big espresso fan, too much caffeine for me. I get a little jittery. Um, but yeah, I love both. I love a chai tea latte. So some, I'll get that sometimes when I don't want as, I think there's probably as much caffeine in tea as coffee, but you know, just a different vibe. Um, books. Somebody asked about books. Um, big reader, love reading. I've been trying to get back into reading, you know, I just get in slumps. Like sometimes I'm like, read, read, read. That's all I want to do. And then sometimes I'm like, don't even want to look at a book. So Right now, I feel like I'm in that read, read, read phase. And so I'm currently reading The House by the Cerulean Sea. And that's re it's really good. It's just one of those books that you dive right in and you're loving it and you just want to keep reading keep reading and i love that feeling and such a good this is the first book i've read in 2024 and so just such a good feeling when you get that book and you just love it and you just that's all you want to do is sit down and read it so um definitely loving that book and if you guys have recommendations please send them to me because i'm always looking for a good book to read someone asked about my enemies <laughs> so your enemies um i don't know i don't i feel like i don't really have enemies Cut to all my enemies watching. It's funny. As a younger person, I used to care about so many things like that would bother me or make me upset and angry and frustrated and resentful towards friends or whatever. And now I just like don't care. It's just life is way too short. Have fun. Enjoy your life. Be happy. Talk about the positive things. Like if you want negativity in your life, you can absolutely have it. Like it is absolutely yours. And you're going to find it. You will absolutely find it if if that's what you're looking for and what you're seeking. I personally try to live my life where I'm not seeking those things or looking for them. I try to focus on the positive. Granted, it doesn't always work. I can ask anyone that knows me, I can definitely be a complainer. And so I, but I try to focus on that and realize it and don't focus on the backsided parts of your life. You know, nobody, and nobody wants to hear it. Like literally nobody cares. So nobody wants to hear you complain about your problems. Nobody, everybody's too worried about their own stuff. So it's like, do you want to walk into a room and like bring down the energy or do you want to lift it up? Like you can choose to be the life of the party or you can be a snooze fest in the corner. It's your decision. But with all that being said, with like enemies and stuff, I just think you have to like care about people more to have enemies. I don't know. Like no one's ever done anything to me that I'm just like, I never like you. I hate you. I You feel a hate fire in me. Like, I don't care. You know, if somebody wrongs me or is not a good friend or has done something bad, I just, 
I don't know. I'm kind of just like, wish you well, have a good life, and just move, keep it moving. And the last one, fat phobia. Well, obviously, I don't like fat phobia. Like, why are people mean to fat people? <laughs> I got a little extra stuffing that I'm trying to lose, so... I mean, yeah, I don't know. It's just like it goes back to enemies. Like if you're so focused on yourself and doing things that make you a better person and not even just like making like not self-serving things. I just mean like developing yourself into a better person where you're better at relationships and talking to people and you're better at serving others and focusing on how can you build a better community and a better life for other people and impact the people that you know and love you just don't have the energy to worry about other people and what they're doing or not doing. So it's like, why do I care if someone's like chunky or whatever? Like, okay, well, it's your life. Shoot. We've like, I don't know any person that hasn't battled with body issues. So it's like, why are you casting the stone when you, I guarantee you've looked in the mirror and not liked how you look or want to change something. And so people are just mean. Let's just all be so much nicer to each other and we can just build a better world. All right, guys, that's another episode of Gush. Thank you so much for watching. I'm your host, Tanner, and this is Gush, your weekly podcast where we dive deep into the top 10 stories of the week. Um, next week, we will have a get another guest with us, so um, stay tuned for that, and, and I'll see you guys next Monday. Bye.